Hello and welcome once again to the Soldiers of Cinema podcast. I'm Clark Coffey and with me, as always, Cullen McFader. What's up, Cullen? Hello, hello. Hi. Not much. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing all right, man. I'm, I'm excited to continue on uh, with documentary filmmaking. We've got Lesson 22 and Lesson 23 that we're covering today, which is a continuation, basically, of last week's two lessons, uh, which Mm -hmm. is documentary filmmaking, dealing with human beings, and truth in nonfiction. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited, Mm -hmm. man. But uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, a good way to describe this one, I suppose, is just that it's it's kind of honing in on that, you know, the interactions and and the the rapport that you can have with somebody, especially. Absolutely. importantly for us when when things aren't necessarily maybe the most amicable of, of search situations right. to be interviewing someone what was and, that word again though amicable <laughs> i do that That's all the what, time yeah. I, I, <laughs> I kind of it's okay it out there for a second it's okay i, I hey yeah, just look, wait till we get our again wait till we get our whiskey episode i know wait and, till uh, we get the whiskey episode <laughs> I tell, like my my wife is always like making fun of me because i will mix words up or i will you know i'll make up my own pronunciations at some point i mean hey it's, <laughs> it's all fun. It's your, good it's, it's clark That's coffee right. english we're taking some poetic license here so audience you know yeah, exactly. just remember that if you ever hear an interesting pronunciation of of any any word it's we know we know but we're just taking our poetic license with it and you know we're going to talk about um the truth not being in the facts so we're, we're just extending this to words and and syntax mm-hmm. and you know it's right it's it's we're taking our poetic license here but um but anyway uh well i'm glad you're doing well you said it was hailing up there that's uh yeah for a little bit it was yeah 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 it's about you know we, we do our little like right we've got our weather thing going on i think it's probably in like yeah. the, the low 60s here quite a bit of haze i can't quite see out to catalina island it's a little hazy but uh otherwise quite nice we've got um covid is is running rampant out here which is sad so this is nice to have something to do here as i'm stuck in my home so I'm mm-hmm. thoroughly excited to jump right into this. So I guess let's do so. So Herzog starts right off the bat in Lesson 22, uh, talking about respecting ethical boundaries. And uh, I think that's a great place to start because it kind of, you know, that's going to impact everything else you do, right? When you're mm-hmm. making a documentary film where you're interacting with like other live human beings with emotions and desires and a life. And... Um, But he immediately points out that there aren't any clear rules, um, that you have to find these um, these ethical boundaries or borders for yourself. And uh, it's a tough one. And I and I think that that's, you know, obviously there are there are some (laughs) there are some some major guidelines that are are pretty simple. But oftentimes, I think, you know, you'll find yourself if you interview enough people, if you're stepping into the life of enough people, you're going to find that there are a lot of little gray areas that might be challenging. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's... You can't just rely on common sense. Yeah. I, you know, it's really interesting, but you can't. I mean, sometimes you really do have to give it a lot of thought. Um, and, you know, just as an example, kind of, you know, a little one, uh, one of the documentary films that I'm in the middle of working on, it seems like I'm, I'm always in the middle of working on one, but I, I promise I will uh, wrap some of these. But, you know, one of the documentaries... <laughs> That's okay. We all have We those. all have those. Yeah. I mean, hey, even you and I have one that we've been working yeah. on now for like, what, a year, a year and a half. So, but, uh, you know, it just, it's, it's sometimes a question of, you know, how far do you step into somebody's life? Um, how do you do so without being exploitive? And, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen examples where I really felt uncomfortable and I couldn't even quite put my finger on why. But there was something about an interview, there was something about the way a filmmaker was handling a subject where, and it wasn't clear, right? It wasn't like they were clearly insulting or belittling or trying to show in some kind of negative light. But there was some kind of like this, this difficult and sometimes challenging to define exploitive thing I felt like was was mm-hmm. going on and you and I were like I think actually what's, what's also really key to point out too is that exploitation doesn't have to be intentional you know no, you can it can be accidental you can be interviewing somebody and just not even realize yes. that through you know whether it's a you know a point of privilege or something absolutely like that, but, but you can just you, you can truly accidentally exploit 
um, you can, you know, subjects and, so and, that's, and people. And that's what makes this such a, you know, a compelling issue, I think, and, and sometimes a challenging one is that it's not always obvious. I think a lot of times we think that it is, but it's not. It is not always obvious. And like you said, and that's a really great point, sometimes it's on accident and you don't realize mm -hmm. it. So, you know, yeah. I think it, it it's... We all have to, and Herzog's right. I mean, I don't even know how to get much more specific into it. We do have to find our own way through that. We do have to find and define our own boundaries. Um, experience is probably a good teacher, and I think you've got to be willing, like you just said. I think if you find yourself where you've you've shot some footage and you're sitting in, sitting in your editing bay, and either you or or one of your fellow filmmakers or, or or even somebody else that you're showing the footage to, if if it starts to get the sense that it doesn't feel right. You probably have to be willing, I think, to abandon that and try a new tact. Um, mm -hmm. But it's mm -hmm. a it's a continual learning process. I, it's something that I've definitely found. I refine. I mean, obviously, like just as human beings, not as just filmmakers, but I, you know, hopefully, you're constantly refining and improving upon your own ethical, like internal guidebook, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. And this is something I always say in regards to narrative film, and it's usually regarding, you know effects choices or, or specific, you know, whether it's a cinematography choice, but I usually say, you know, if your effect is going to be distracting for the audience, no matter what the intention is and what the desired outcome is, it's probably just better to scrap it. And I think the same kind of applies here where it's, mm -hmm. if you are interviewing somebody and they give you juicy, juicy details and it's like a fantastic interview, oh, but it's it so still tempting. feels yeah. exploitative, yeah. I, the audience is just going to be distracted by that and you're not going to get you know, the desired reaction of sympathy or empathy or whatever from the right. audience that you do, that you want, because they're just going to be thinking about like, geez, this, this director really, uh, right. You know, was not aware really of just yeah. exploited, <laughs> you know, for lack of a better term, I, exploited it, this. And yeah. maybe, you know, it's difficult to land on, you know, I, I, cause I would never pretend to be, you know, uh, an ethics expert. Um, it, you know, I, only in my own life have I spent time, you know, trying to work towards a, a framework that I feel like is a good one. Um, so I'm not somebody who's studied this forever. But I mean, one of the tools that I found are very helpful is, is to elicit the opinion of others, especially if your subject happens to be someone that comes from a completely different place than you, whether that's mm -hmm. gender or race or religion or, or anything like that, to actually, you know, elicit the feedback of someone from that group that you're interviewing and and get their thoughts on it somebody who yeah. has a closer perspective or life experience than you do to the subject that can often be helpful i think mm -hmm. no exactly um i mean you use you know pull out all the stops and use whatever you can to and i i you know especially when you're dealing with documentary which is real people real situations yeah just just make sure you go you like triple check and you know dot the i's <laughs> and cross the t's and stuff like that but make sure that you are um you know justifying the use of anything because i because that's again it's that's kind of it's, yeah the same goes for a narrative that deal with um true stories and things like that or if it's like a biopic or a, right. you know based on a factual event um the worst thing you can do is misrepresent um or Again, you know, we keep coming back to that word exploit, exploit, Exploitive, um, yeah. or y you don't want to wind up with that because again, you know, no matter how good the movie is in the end, people are just going to remember it for that. And, and, if that's and there's a great example, happening. actually, in this lesson that Herzog shares of his film Grizzly Man. And and, yes. and, this, and there's there's a couple points here that I think are, are really interesting to make with this example. So uh, for all of those, uh, for those of you who might not have seen it, uh, there is a scene there in the, or if, whether you have, I'll, I'll just point to the scene no matter what. <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about. But there's a scene in the film where uh, Herzog is sitting across the table from this woman he's interviewing, and she has a recording of, an audio recording of, um, and I'm going to forget that who was the grizzly what grizzly man's name was what do you remember the timothy treadwell okay treadwell's yeah. uh unfortunate uh death uh killing by this mm -hmm. bear that's uh hopefully i'm not uh spoilers there for the documentary grizzly man <laughs> yes. but uh yeah, for the but no, but sadly, <laughs> sadly this man was was killed by a bear and this is an audio recording of his unfortunate killing 
and mm-hmm. you know uh her so son, he and his girlfriends right and yeah. he, uh, that's correct yeah. right not just him and so mm-hmm. here we have an audio recording of two people being killed um now herzog talks in a very about, vicious brutal way yeah right which yes very i can hardly think of a more vicious way um it's pretty yeah. gruesome yeah. even to imagine mm-hmm. it but that's kind of part of this point i'm making so uh, so he's, you know, and he refuses to play the audio, even the audio. So we're not even talking about video, which would obviously be, you know, uh, r- extremely exploitive. But he's not even willing to play into the audio. And, you know, he says that he was pushed by his producers. He was pushed by the network that was going to air it because, of, I mean, right, this is sensationalism. This is like juicy, right? They want ratings. They want controversy to an extent. They want public, you know, publicity. Herzog says, I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. And what we have in the scene instead is this extraordinarily effective uh, filmmaking going on where we see Herzog listening. It's one of the rare occasions where Herzog is actually in frame during one of his, you know, films. Like, I mean, we always hear his narration, right? We always hear his voice, but he is almost never in frame himself. He's actually in frame. Mm -hmm. You can see he's listening to this, but you can't see his face. What we see instead is the face of this woman and she's watching his face react to the to the sound which she's never listened to by the way she's never yeah, listened to this yeah. and so we see through her face her reaction to herzog's face and it's so powerful as he listens yeah and it's and, and such amazing if i'm wrong me. she is i believe treadwell's ex-girlfriend you know that it could um, be she is someone I who's certainly think. close to yeah yeah maybe you I can believe look that, that up. she was his but I, I believe she was his ex-girlfriend who remained close to him right so definitely um, not of, of course not the girlfriend who died in the right tape but so so um, close but no it, it's it's a powerful moment and and, and that's i think the great that's thing. what we we described it too which is like it's it's the same principle as like don't show the shark right and i don't mean to kind of trivialize you, sure, you know, sure. a real event like that to a point Understood. of just like filmmaking techniques but but it is it is it winds up being more it, powerful it's, a, because it's of more it. powerful just like it forget the ethics right what which i'm certainly not suggesting you do but what i'm saying is that i think more often than not if you push yourself to have a higher ethical standard in your filmmaking you will actually be pushing yourself to just be flat out period making a better film um, yeah. So, so yeah. it's not like you're losing something, right? Uh, you and I were talking about, um, you know, s- some some of the. I, I had an example. I, you and I were sharing some YouTube videos of this filmmaker who were doing interviews, and some of these subjects, the interviews were like people in uh, in some pretty dire situations with poverty mm-hmm. or drug addiction or homeless uh, prostitutes, homelessness like and prostitution, yeah. and. And I was, you know, because I'm always trying to kind of refine this. And I had seen some of this footage, and it's very well done. It's very well shot. Um, But there was something about it that really did not feel right to me. And, And it made it such that I could not watch, much less appreciate, much less like empathize with the story that was going mm-hmm. on there. Because something felt so off and so uncomfortable, and it's it's that hard, you know, again, it was, I, just, I felt like these people were being exploited. That it was just not... Yeah. And so you don't want to go there because it's just flat out doesn't make good film. Um, and and, and I, certain- I mean, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't want to mention the, the no. channels thing. I don't really, I don't think again, kind of like we were describing earlier, I don't think it's intentional on their behalf. But I didn't get that sense at there's all. There's something yeah. to, to describe it. There's something about sitting, you know, one of the ones that I watched was, it was a, a lady who had been in prostitution for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting in this studio on this stool, and it, it just feels like it feels like a more refined kind of modern art version of like a freak show. Yeah, like, it's it's like this this like we're gonna put somebody in this nice lit studio, mm. put them on a stool. We're gonna ask them some questions. Maybe we'll buy them lunch, and then yeah, like what and then that's buy. you know, and it and that you know, and I don't know, you know, I could be wrong. I don't know if they continue to support and talk to these people after i would doubt it because there right. are a lot but just but, but just but, taking the film you know. as its own right yeah but just taking the piece of film as its, as its own and you had the same feeling right you yeah yeah no it was yeah and so it was i mean it really just made like i had to, i i don't think i even made it through right. a full one because it it's just too made uncomfortable me unco- it made me uncomfortable yeah, yeah it's too uncomfortable um yeah. and that's and that's again that's like so i can totally see the person who produced this and directed this, like their vision is like, oh, it's going to be so raw and right, people, and people having the best intentions and, and having the best yeah. intentions. Like, I want people yeah. to empathize with these subjects. I want people to see 
to see these people as full human beings and to not sit in judgment mm-hmm. of them. And, and, and I mean, I, I fully believe that is the case. I, I don't, there's nothing there that I saw that would give me any indication that this was a purposeful exploitation. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's so important to kind of, you know, just reiterate that, that it's, it's often not intentional, but it doesn't matter. It goes to show you have to be really careful. You just have just to be, be so really careful. careful. And I think it's really important to to elicit uh, feedback during your filmmaking process. Again, I think especially from, uh, you know, if you're interviewing people who come from a very different place than you, it's helpful to mm-hmm. probably get uh, feedback from people whose lives are similar, you know, or in the, you know, uh, I would never, you know, for example, I don't know what it's like to be a woman. I would never pretend to understand what it would, you know, be like to live from a woman's perspective. I would elicit yeah. a woman's, resp- you know, uh, feedback if I had some kind of concerns or questions or doubts about, you know, interviewing a woman about things that I just couldn't possibly know. So, and I mean, Herzog is really interesting in this too because I think one of the keys is the questions that you ask. Yeah. And so the thing about these that that YouTube channel is that it's it's very often just asking questions about everything to do with their struggles and everything to do with like how'd you get here? How mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. Whereas what Herzog what I find really interesting about Herzog's questions, no matter what the person is, is that he usually just asks questions about the person themselves. Yeah. He doesn't ask them, you know, right. in into the abyss. He's not sitting there going like so what do you think got you into prison? You know, what right. was it like to murder those people? Right. Why did you murder them? It's 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 a question about the person's state of being, more, you know. Right. What what do you think about? How do you feel? And I remember, I, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. If not, I might have just mentioned it to you. Yeah. But there was this um, time when I was down uh, at, at this, like, row of bars just near the house where I live. Um, and there was this one-legged homeless man outside this convenience store. Oh, yeah, store, I remember this conversation. I remember just, yeah. yeah, and I remember seeing him, and I just kind of, like, thought he, I bought him a chicken sandwich. Right. And then as I was talking to him as he was eating it, um, I we I just realized that he had so many stories, and he was, like, a really interesting storyteller. Yeah. And so I sort of sat down and talked to him for a bit, and again, it was one of these things where it just immediately sprung in my mind where it was like, I would love to get this guy on, on camera. Right. Um, but I don't want to be the person that's just like going up to a homeless yeah. person and being like, here's a camera, talk yeah. to me. Yeah. And so I, I sort of, I passed it by him and he actually got like, he kind of par- prepped up and got really excited about the idea of, yeah. of being interviewed. <laughs> um, and I haven't, I still haven't done it. You know, if I see him again, I, I'll, I think that I would, I would certainly think about yeah. it. Um, but again, it like, it was the entire time in my mind, I was like, you know, I never once asked him. Like, how'd you lose your leg? Why are you homeless? The the stories that he was telling me were about, like, when he would go to discos as a kid. When he would go, and it was, like, these, like, happy times. Well, I think it's when you make... To me, that's more interesting. You know, and and again, like, yeah, and, you know, look, again, like, I'm never going to pretend like I'm some expert in any of this. And honestly, a lot of this right here in this episode, and heck, you know, this has been the case for all of our episodes up until this point. I mean... I've never putting myself in a place where I know more than somebody else. This is often uh, a way, this podcast is a way for us to explore in real time. We're brainstorming, right? Our thoughts Mm. on things. Um, But I think, you know, hearing you speak and describing uh, some of these differences you see, talking about the different types of questions you ask, I mean, I think maybe, maybe, hypothesis is, you know, in, in some of those YouTube videos that we were talking about where we felt like they were exploitive, it kind of felt like the person was maybe and and likely on accident coming from a place of like separateness. Like I'm, yes. I'm here and you're there and your experience is not my experience. And it, not necessarily that that person was judging like you're less than you're but but there was like this wall of you're different. You mm-hmm. and I are not the same. And that's and kind I'm, of why I describe it. It's like it was like this again, this this modern freak show yeah. where it was like and let's highlight um, how you're different and let's I, I because yeah and and there was like a certain amount of kind of like this this little sensationalism of like you know it's like if you ask someone we're like how did you and you know there's a way that you can ask somebody something and it's just like what you want is like this juicy story of like you know mm-hmm. uh, how did you end up in prostitution or how did you end up homeless i don't know it, it, and it's hard to pinpoint but i feel like maybe some of it is and herzog definitely talks about this in this lesson and numerous lessons and i really feel like it's a it's a you know a narrative through with all of these lessons about documentary filmmaking is that you know you've got to see 
this person is a full human being and that you and them are in some way the same. I, I mean, I think it still just comes down to empathy again and mm-hmm. and to see whoever is in front of your camera as a full human being that you are in effect the same as, right? This we yeah. are one kind of connectivity. And it's like, if you start to see these subjects as different in a in a fundamental way, I think you're gonna treat them as fundamentally different. And it's and, mm-hmm. I, and you're right. Then that becomes like you're you're putting somebody on a stage and saying like, look, look at this, look at this person with you know And that's that's exactly what I think we both mean by exploitative yeah. is that you are you are putting this person on display and it could be you could have the greatest intentions but at the end of the day if your intentions are to be like look what your life could become yeah or like look what some people live oh like. it's, it's, well yeah it becomes again it's, it's this it's exactly that and it, it may be that your intentions are well i want to show people what people live like because i want them to empathize but it's like that you know you're kind of having the opposite effect you're just you're you're basically just allowing room for condescension yeah Whereas yeah, what you should be doing is exactly, exactly what Herzog does, which is to approach these things with a human eye yeah. and sort of go, like, where do we relate? How do we, you know, yeah, how are we the, the same? The commonalities um, of the human condition. And I think, you know, one of the other things, too, and again, it's like it's, it's so difficult uh, to kind of, you know, we all have to work to refine these things for ourselves. But certainly, I think, you know, uh, watching interviews, you know, taking a look at, uh, different approaches, you know, whether at television and film and, and start to kind of see for yourself, you know, but really focusing on how you feel like the filmmaker is treating and interacting and, and utilizing these subjects as, as part of their film. What do you feel like their intentions are? Why Mm. do you feel like they included those questions that interview, you know, is, was there, was there intention to, to sensationalize, to titillate, to educate, um, to Mm -hmm, empathize. mm -hmm. I mean, you know, really conscientiously start to analyze these things in other filmmakers' works. And, And I think then you can start to refine for yourself what your boundaries are, and then you can consciously apply those when you're in your filmmaking work, as opposed to kind of like letting it happen on accident. Um, and finding yourself in a situation where you're unsure, but you've not spent the time to prepare and think about this issue before. I think, you know, a lot of people will sit down and they'll spend a lot of time thinking about what questions do I want to ask this interviewer or, you know, you'll spend a lot of time planning a lot of aspects, but how much time was spent beforehand prepping yourself for the more challenging uh, and mm-hmm. subtle and nuanced even, ethical yeah. questions that might come up. And I think it's... It's another thing that Herzog talks about, too, which is that he says that he, you know, he spends an hour with everyone, yeah. every person before in just talking. Yeah. And it's like, that That to me is very important. Is Not pre-interviewing, again, though, by getting, the way, but just no, like no, exactly. human to human. Not, not, yeah. yeah, not not sitting there asking the questions and going, oh, okay, I'm going to write that down. I like that. Yeah. Um, but exactly, just again, building a rapport, especially because people, you know, some people are just camera shy. Some people are, you're going to be talking to people about things that they don't necessarily want to talk about or that they have never Very talked sensitive. about openly. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's it. And Herzog tells the story, but the, um, the father and the son and into the abyss the, yeah. where it's the, the father that's kind of, he kind of recoils and pulls back right. at the idea of talking about, you know, the fact that he is sitting in prison with his son who is on death row. Yeah. Um, and there's this, you know, feeling that it's like, you could, you could very easily jump into this idea. Well, okay, we're on camera, so I'm going to push him. But, but Herzog doesn't do that. Herzog kind of opens him up very gently almost. And, and and almost, I don't want to say tricks. No, it isn't trick. But almost, almost like just, just lets the guy know that he's not here to again to exploit it right he's here to discuss the the human well that's another good point you know i I think people often can understand when they're being exploited you know i think people can smell it and Mm -hmm. so that's important you know this is another angle to, to really be cognizant and careful of these things because the openness with which you approach your subject and the 
you know, the, the, the intentions with which you approach them, I think are gonna often be sensed by the subject. And so Herzog does push a little. He does, you know, when, when, when the father uh, in prison says, I can't talk about that, when he's talking, to, you know, Herzog asks him to talk about how he feels as a father that his son is on death row. They're both in prison. Um, mm -hmm. Well, this is asking somebody potentially to admit, you know, some to, to kind of uh, face some pretty intense shame, I'm going to imagine. Um, and none of us like to do that, I don't think, very much, especially on camera. Yeah. So, But I think it, he, he always, you know, he he's always gentle. It's never a conniving or a manipulation or, or even like, a you know, an, an aggressive push. I think it's, I would kind of think it's like, he invites it's more of an invitation and i think there's a big difference you know so it's there is a little bit of resistance from uh from the father but i think herzog has earned his his trust um and i think with just another invitation then he eventually does open up so i i think there's a big difference you know if you're holding in your mind and heart that you're inviting somebody to do something that's going to have come out as different behavior than if you're pushing i think they're i yes. think they're very different yeah. um yeah and i think herzog is a good example if you watch him in interviews i think he's really quite good at inviting people as opposed to pushing people even when he doesn't accept no and and he is kind of you know he is at eliciting he's trying to kind of pull some extra uh depth out of a an interview subject i i always kind of feel like it's more of an invitation and so maybe that's a yes. that's a good way yeah, to yeah. kind of look at it you know but because i mean i don't think I, I i especially don't think too if the father were to say like i'm not talking about this i have no interest mm -hmm. in talking about this it makes me really uncomfortable mm -hmm. i don't think herzog would continue to prod and prod, and prod i think you know i think herzog would just like with the the um the the priest i don't know if priest is the right word because that might just be a specifically catholic thing but the guy that does the, the clear the, the yeah the chaplain the or chaplain. whatever the, the, i think it was the death house yeah. yes yes um and how he again but th that's a great example of how herzog gets around this thing is the guy clearly isn't really interested yeah. at the beginning in opening up and, and and then herzog just asks him okay what about these these squirrels and you know tell me about Tell me about that, and then the guy opens completely up. opens up. It's just, it's just because I think he knows that, you know. Again, someone like Werner Herzog, and it's not just because Werner Herzog is Werner Herzog. <laughs> it, it very much is because of the, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these people did had no idea who Herzog was. I think you're right. Yeah, um, and so it's not just a matter of like a, a matter of celebrity or respect because he's got a name for himself. Right. Um, it very much becomes this, and, and it's actually very interesting because it's very similar to, and again, I think this is another thing that I've mentioned before, but there's this great, and I think I've sent you this, but there's this great um, YouTube channel that does like interrogation breakdowns, mm. and I might have mentioned this actually in the last episode, I think I, yeah. um, but but I, I'll just reiterate it because it's very pertinent, but it's it's like essentially there's these, these tactics that you can use in interrogation, and they do some that are very successful interrogations, you know, of people who have just either murdered their families mm. or murdered somebody and it's like very heavy stuff yeah. but it's really interesting because it kind of teaches you how to talk to people but there's some really good examples um and some of the best examples are exactly that where it's this you talk about something arbitrary and you let the person just basically spin on and on about something arbitrary arbitrary right. arbitrary until they get this idea they come that, around okay, so now i'm i've been talking a lot yeah. so now i'm just more used to talking so now i can whereas you go to another one like there's some that are just abysmal interrogations i don't know how these people have the job of interrogating <laughs> where they just go in and they're just drilling the person right. constantly so the person it, it's just like shuts that down. stereotypical like they're you know holding the light yeah. in their eyes and they're like you know literally standing over in, them. in some cases yeah. yeah yeah and and so you you wind up getting the this uh this really good look at like and of course that's a very specific circumstance but psychology is quite you know applicable to different circumstances mm -hmm. um and you just see you know okay what what generally makes somebody open up and what generally makes somebody uh you know shut down and kind of close off and more, more often than not it's just a comfort level sure. um you know there are people that within an hour of being in and being asked to come in for questioning um you know and have very little evidence against them will end up confessing. Yeah. Um, just simply because of how well the interrogator just spoke to them and just 
got in not an aggressive way like not yeah. like them saying oh, we know you probably did this, like you know, a pretty empathetic way i'm gonna guess yeah very much of seen this, it but... yeah and it, it very much often it's it's a it's an approach of um you know like listen like we like i am here to help you get out of this i want you i, I, I want to make a caveat make here though and, yeah uh in that i i think there's a big difference though like th- there's a limit to this comparison with the um with the interrogators, though, because I think the interrogators oh, yes. are yeah. pretty much kind of hiding their intent. Their intent, yeah, and they're very much there to exploit. Right, in it's a way. like there is a big yeah. difference, and so although yeah. although some of their tools may be similar, I think their overall intent and strategy is, yeah. is yeah. pretty is is different than what yours as a filmmaker should be. Totally, I, yeah. I think um i you know um yeah yeah no we i could totally, totally discuss it you know and there, um, there could be but I, I interesting that that's, discussion that's, around that but um and that's exactly right what i mean when i say that a lot of like psychology like that is kind of it's kind of uh applicable to different situations because although your intentions may not be in a interviewing situation of of an interview on a, a movie a doc to of course like get information you know mm-hmm. you should i don't think that that's ever an intention that somebody should come in with is like i want to get this specific piece of information out of this person right um much like a confession like you shouldn't be looking for right a you're not quote, a quote, confession and, and we're going to touch base um, on some of these things because you're a filmmaker not a not a journalist yeah so yeah sh- but uh some, some of the ways that you could again use those tactics are just again in the in the way of comforting someone and and unlike an interrogator you can have your, you know, comforting be completely genuine, but you can still use the same techniques to get sure. there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's I think it's really interesting, though. I think that, you know, it's an interesting thing to watch and kind of study just because it's uh, it's so applicable of just like talking to yeah. people who may be uncomfortable or nervous about talking about certain things, um, be it because of the subject matter or just be it because of the circumstance. Right. Um, of like sitting down in front of a camera and often a it's of both have never because done most people yeah. uh, are not comfortable in front of a camera and most people aren't comfortable talking about uh sensitive personal things in their life so yeah. yeah so you're likely to find that quite often and i know i know we we did discuss similar stuff in the previous episode right. so i want to kind of actually touch on um just some stuff that we didn't just just to kind of sure. change up the uh the i guess the pace a little bit um which is actually kind of coming into lesson twenty three a bit. Okay. Yes. Um, truth and nonfiction. The, about the truth. Yeah, exactly. About truth and nonfiction, which is all about, and, and pretty good segue because you just mentioned the thing about the journalism, right? Like not wanting to, you're not. We're not. We're not. Here this to is be journalists. definitely we're an interesting to be topic. Storytellers, because I think this has um, gotten confused big time. Yeah, and and it's and it's you know you've got a pretty pertinent point here which is just like it's documentaries don't just have to be facts because facts don't make truth. facts don't make truth um, i just I, maybe we can say this like five or six more times yeah, i feel like this yeah. is so important and it's a topic that's that's near and dear to my heart and i think with the proliferation of uh you know sh- the short form i don't even know what to call them they're not uh, videos with the prolifer- proliferation of YouTube and mm-hmm, and I and mm-hmm. I, I don't want to get into a political discussion or anything like this, but I do think it's important to discuss the difference between documentary film, journalism, didactic videos, and propaganda videos. Yes, yeah. those things are different, all different things, and I think that we uh both filmmakers and audiences get confused as to what mm-hmm. documentary they can be they can be hazy because the right. differences can be sometimes blurred they can but i um, think that there are some distinct i think there are some ways that we can effectively distinguish and i think that mm-hmm. you can use these distinctions as a filmmaker to help guide you at the very least to to be aware of what you're doing if you if you think you're a documentary filmmaker but you're making propaganda these are two different things you should be aware of it um and i think you know i've seen so much work where um it's you know it's it's just there's clearly the filmmaker themselves is are confused and i think you know let's start with some of the easiest as herzog specifically talks about the difference between journalism and documentary Mm -hmm. and 
uh, and we, you know, it's, it, you know, and maybe it is a little, you know, blurrier than, um, maybe it's not perfectly clean cut, but in my mind, it kind of feels like it. I think journalism should be about facts. Um, mm -hmm. And it should be obvious when you're uh, giving an opinion versus um, expressing just these are the facts of what happened. Uh, as yeah. a documentary filmmaker, you aren't bound by any of that. You, you are, you know, you are completely free to, to, uh, to make your film as if it were a fictional narrative film, in my mm -hmm. opinion. And yeah. I think, I mean, and, you know, one of the things that I love about Herzog and his documentary films is that he allows himself the freedom to manipulate, to make up. He gives examples in this lesson about quotes that he just pulls out of thin air. He, you know, he makes them up himself and then he attributes to historical people, um, he manufactures all kinds of situations. He scripts things. He coaches his subjects. He, you know, completely manufactures things in his documentaries. And I mean, that's that's kind of what the base like that that is pure filmmaking is the manipulation of space yes. and time. It, so the idea that you know, I and I, I that's that's what I think people have to draw a super super clear distinction between those two things because you cannot go into making a documentary by saying, well, I'm going to get some facts, I'm going to read some, like, peer-review mm. <laughs> essays, and that's going to be my move. And I think that, you know, to relate it to the project that we're working on right now, we very, very quickly, when we were jumping on this this idea of making a documentary about, like, different lines of thinking, conspiracy mm -hmm. theories, things like that, we very clearly were like, we don't really care about the content of the conspiracy theories. Right. Like, we're not going to be going in for an analysis, an analysis. Of, of what QAnon right. believes. We are interested in what the people that believe them are like. What what brought them to those beliefs? Why did they... What does this say about know, the human condition? And what again, it, yeah. very, very much what we were talking about earlier, which is like, how do we relate to them? Right. You know, what in what ways are we very similar and stuff like that? Yeah. So, and it's that kind of is the very, very distinct um, difference to me is just this idea, like, what are the motives? Are you going in to, you know, educate people on a topic or are you going in to enlighten people on on an experience that they may not have ever had well, or even thought about? Before? It's an, it's it's an it's a I, I, I mean, language that I would use to kind of describe the difference is, you know, I mean, I love I love this idea, this this simple sentence, facts don't make truth. And mm -hmm. I think most people get that pretty quickly. It's you can have a laundry list of facts, but that what does that speak to? What does that point to? And I think, you know, when Herzog uses the word truth, He's talking about um, a fundamental kind of absolute human. Yeah, I was going to say human truth kind of. Yeah, moment of awe is is uh, trying to find like words to, to you know almost like a truth of nature if that makes any sense a, a truth of human not, nature the truth of yeah. a, a shared human condition experience something that is inside yeah. us that speaks to a commonality of experience in all people right this is you know i think every painter every poet every sculptor you know this is what you're shooting for I, I, at least ideally i think when you're it's and this is some you know some differences right if you're if you're working with something didactically, what you're trying to do is educate. You're trying to mm -hmm. inform. And that's different. That's different. Especially because it involves point of view. It should always involve your point of view. And for what... documentary. For documentary. Yeah. For journalism, it's not. that's what I mean. Not, is that it's, yeah. No. Yeah. But, it, but it, that's what I mean is that it's like you're always... To pretend that there's no bias in a documentary... It's ludicrous. It should have is, bias. Is and it should and have it, bias. Yeah. Exactly. It, it should be very much a... You should feel... Sorry, you should feel the person behind um, the documentary or, or the, the message or the, um, the intention. Right. Whereas, whereas if I'm reading a article on, you know, election results, I don't want that. I don't want, I don't care about well, the, and, the unless author of that article. Well, unless it's specifically labeled, this is an editorial, this is an opinion yeah, piece. Opinion and that's different. Yeah, yeah. That's different. There are places for, um, obviously there are places. But there are also reasons why those are clearly labeled. Exactly. And that's where, right? Like that's, that's, but people you know, do get confused. I mean, I really yeah. do. I, I, you know, I, I have a lot of friends. I know a lot of people, you know, my, in my life where they're like, they send me a video and they're like, look at this documentary. It's not a documentary. It's a piece of propaganda. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. It's, you know, oh my God, and especially with COVID. I and mean, all kinds of stuff. And again, I don't, you know, we don't want to get into a political space here because there's propaganda yeah. on all sides of the political spectrum. And so the point is not to, to speak to any of it specifically, but it's just, you know, there's propaganda, which is trying to manipulate somebody into thinking a certain way. Like in the you know mm -hmm. most generic kind of layperson definition, didactic is I'm trying to instruct you in how to do something. And clearly those two things can kind of be together in one piece potentially. Um, a, a piece of journalism is here are some facts, uh, again, ideally. And then a documentary is this is a personal expression of opinion with an a, attempting to speak to a underlying fundamental uh, shared experience of the human condition by ideally utilizing aesthetic awe to do that, to mm -hmm. open up a heart and mind. Uh, that's, there's my best, <laughs> that's my best. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> well, look, look at something like Triumph of the Will, yeah. you know, um, Lenny Riefenstahl, which is by all means an incredibly effective piece of propaganda. Mm -hmm. But, you know, technically speaking, Riefenstahl and the circumstance that she was working in it's not like it makes it less of a movie because just because of its subject matter if that makes any sense whereas if it were to be you know if that were to be something like a newsreel trying to be you know a piece of journalism then that would completely change the context but the fact that its intention is to manipulate well, that's propaganda. and its intention is to propagandize right. exactly makes it you know that still makes it successful in its goal in a weird way um and it makes it really you know an interesting thing to study because you kind of sit there going you know this isn't you can't fault the movie for being a piece of propaganda when it was trying to be a piece of propaganda in the first place and i think that's exactly where you've got to again draw these distinctions where it's like if you were to take that exact same context and the exact same message behind that movie and again put it into an article or put it into something that's meant to be you know, this, this journalistic truth of, of facts and stuff like that, then it wouldn't work at all. Just on a purely, you know, artistic scale, it wouldn't work. Um, because it's now you're losing all these elements that would make something journalism. Whereas when you put it back into the, the context of it being a, a movie, a propaganda movie, it suddenly works perfectly for its intention. Well, but I just um, want to be, I want to be clear here, or at least I will speak for myself and not you, but I want to be clear. I mean, I saying that a piece of propaganda is an effective piece of propaganda is not saying that it's like ethical acceptable oh that no it's, it's not an endorsement is of, in no. any way shape fashion or yeah. form being endorsed i, I just um i want to say that for myself for sure um yeah and, yeah and, no of and course regardless of what you know i'm not a fan of propaganda regardless of what the message is whether i agree with it or not um, because I just, I, I you know, I, I don't think manipulating people in that way, uh, it could, because it's almost always, um, a, in a manipulation that is not, uh, accurate or, you know, or, yeah. or, or, but that's exactly what I mean is that, that like, you know, I of course detest the, the, um, situation around everything in that in that movie in that okay. entire era i was just i was um, like waiting for you to get there i just would and, no, and, yeah. I, and i i think i knew what you were saying but i just wanted to give you a chance to 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 really kind of clarify that um yeah I, I but um i think the the point perhaps that i that i was trying to make is more that you strip away the context of that and you look at the intentions of what it's trying to be as a propaganda film and again that that essentially it, it is successful at doing what it is it is trying to do in that it is trying to propagandize but tie that, it is trying to tie manipulate that into our argument so or into our not argument into our little I just discussion mean that when here. you if, so if you if you're making something if you're making you have to know what your intentions are in making it and you have to know what you are trying to make well i think you should um, be so aware of it I, I guess you know my perspective yeah, exactly, what, I'm trying, what, I mean. what i'm trying to say is this i'm trying to say that if you because i hopefully we're speaking to people who want to be documentary filmmakers or or yeah, like film yeah. or like Herzog hopefully their intention is not to go make propaganda or to make didactic work no. right that's my <laughs> no. hope now if you want to be a journalist then go listen to another podcast because I'm sure there are a lot of them that are about how to be a great journalist so hopefully we're speaking to people who are interested in or documentary film or want to be a documentary filmmaker what I'm trying to say is you need to be aware of the distinctions between propaganda and didactic yeah. work and journalism 
so that when you set out to make a documentary film, you're coming at it from the angle of making a documentary film. You want to steer yourself away from tactics that would be used in propaganda. Mm-hmm. You want to st- and the reason I, I brought up that was because I have heard a lot of people refer to Triumph of the Will as a documentary, as, okay. as, as a piece uh, okay. of... Okay, I got you, you know, I got you. I see what you're yeah. saying. Okay. So I think it's, again, it's 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 like if I, if you haven't and you're, seen so you're it, saying it's a, it's, um, a, it's clearly a piece of propaganda. All yeah, of very it points clear to cut. a clear... And, and it, it, is yeah. a, it was and the, effective the intentions historically. Behind it being right, made. it's yeah. intentions and it's effect and everything about it is propaganda. It is not a documentary mm-hmm. film. It wasn't... And, and But but I see what you're saying, but you've, you've heard people refer refer to it as a yeah, documentary yeah. film. So they mislabeling it and misunderstanding it. I, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and that's yeah, what I which think. Is, but I mean, it's, it's, it, it, but that's what I mean is interesting about, you know, all of this is that it's, it's again, just like you said, it's very, there are very clear distinctions and that's where sometimes people can try to blur it. There are a lot of or they're just unaware. documentaries, or just again, unaware, if we talk yeah. about YouTube, where it's like, you, you how many documentaries come out on youtube that, that are, are not documentaries at all that are you know and i'm doing air quotes of course <laughs> nobody can see me doing air quotes but but you look at these these like very very conspiratorial oh, yeah. and they and they can be really really good at just almost trying to do the journalism thing too where they just present facts or they cherry well, pick facts right, right. out of a study or something like that and then it's it's just it's it's like well what do you think this means draw your own conclusions but they're not telling you to draw your own conclusions because they've drawn all the conclusions for and they're you they're not documentary um, films so that's no, and they're not <laughs> and exactly they're always going to exist people are always going to make them yeah. but you know i again ideally we're speaking to people who are who, who want to be documentary filmmakers or, or filmmakers period and it's you know, uh, uh, looking at these other, I'm just going to call them media. They're like just completely other mediums, in my opinion, even though they use mm-hmm. moving pictures, I don't even see them as the same thing. Um, yeah. see, it's like calling a newspaper a novel. Yeah, they're you know? just completely different. Yeah. And right, just because there's paper and ink, it's not the same thing. Um, and mm-hmm. and I see it so it's, as so fundamentally different and the goals are so fundamentally different, you know. And again, I just, you know, it's, I feel like as a documentary filmmaker, your goal is to illuminate fundamental truths of the human condition aesthetically. And it's not about telling somebody what to think or how to think Mm -hmm. it. It's not about showing someone how to do something. Uh, It's not manipulating people into a belief system or out of a belief system. that's not what documentary filmmaking is. So yeah. that I mean, that's but and and with that being said too, it's it's important again to to have a grasp on what your point of view is. Well, you must because a lot of it's about perspective and about yes. you know. And I think that that a lot of people get that confused as well, which is like, well, if I'm sharing my perspective in this movie, how is it not? And me that's where they're getting confused. Think, they're confusing yeah, journalism exactly. and documentary filmmaking, and that's why I yeah. think it's important to really fully understand that distinction, right? Um, yeah. because, because if you, you're, you're likely not going to be a very good journalist if you think you're a filmmaker, but you don't think that your opinion should be in it. And you're also not going to make a good film if that's the way you're seeing it. So, you know, yeah. you're, you're yeah. confused and you're not going to do either of those two things, uh, a service. So, um, and again, I, I please, you know, if anybody out there wants to make propaganda, uh, I hope that you don't please reconsider that yeah. if you are con- yes. if you are consciously making propaganda, I implore you, please stop and think about what you're doing and don't do it. Um, and, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think another, another uh, I think perhaps a key distinction between propaganda journalism and documentary is that documentary, when we say that the truth, like facts aren't truth, what we don't mean is like this alternative fact kind of thing right. where it's like you're making up lies. Correct. Propaganda relies on, on lies. Absolutely. Relies on falsities. Absolutely. Do- journalism relies on facts. Documentaries, I don't even want to say the documentary somewhere in the middle. It's, it's not, not. It's a different it's thing. Nothing to do with it's propaganda. Totally but documentaries is about taking those facts and applying it's perspective a poem. to them. A document, yeah, like it's, exactly. it's like one thing is, is a poem. You know, journalism is a newspaper. And again, and those other things I think are manipulations and they're not even in well, the same. people may not even know that they're doing like, you know, so I, exactly. I will say one really easy way to find out is if you're making a documentary and there's something and you are intentionally leaving out facts or you in, or you are intentionally, you know, mis, mischaracterizing something or you're just flat out putting something in there that you know to be untrue, you're not making a documentary anymore. You're now making 
you know, oh, well, let's, propaganda. Well, this is interesting, though. Let's let, so let's see this, though. But it so there's a way I could interpret what you just said, though, as kind of contradicting what we've said, right? That it's not about facts. Documentary is not about facts. Documentary is about like a deeper personal experience or, you know, mm -hmm. so it's like I would actually say and maybe I'm misunderstanding you, but I would say you're absolutely free to to leave out any fact, quote unquote, fact that you may stumble upon as you're interviewing someone or as you're, you know, doing your documentary, I could film a landscape in Missouri and tell you it's Antarctica if I want to. Oh, I of can. course. I mean, but I think that it's it's about so what you... uh, to me when I when I say that it's more about the like, so if I'm interviewing somebody okay. and they say, you know, let's say let's say that I'm doing a, an interview, let's say into the abyss, and I'm interviewing somebody, and they okay. unequivocally deny their charge, and they say, you know, I didn't do this, I didn't x x x, I didn't I didn't kill right. you know my I wife or whatever, yep. and then at one point they say, you know, let's say I did kill my wife, and you cut around it, yeah, and you just get the part that says I kill my wife, well, I say, oh, and you put that in there again, example. and that's a very well, that's a very clear example. Well, let's, and that's okay, like a very but, obvious. But it's interesting. Example, but, let's um, use let's examine this for just a second. So, like I said, yeah. audience, this is like a real time, you know, brainstorm. This examination, is a real time, yeah. <laughs> real time examination. So, you know, who knows? We may contradict ourselves within you know one episode, much less. Yeah. Uh, previous or just future. like Herzog, <laughs> just like Herzog. So, but let's think about this. I mean, because you've got kind of like a confabulation of several different he things here. I think in this one example. So, what you're talking about is you're you are cherry picking from an interview uh, what you're going to put into a documentary. And the example you use is that you have a a person who's in prison and they say a whole bunch of times. I didn't do this, I didn't do this, I didn't do this. But then one time you have them like kind of imagining hypothetically if they did. And so you take the language of that hypothetical example and you make it seem like they're admitting that they did this uh, when throughout 90% of the interview they said they didn't. Well, I think, so going back to the first part of this podcast, uh, you know, everything is situationally specific. I think it's, you know, you have an ethical question here, first and foremost, which mm -hmm. is, uh, are, is it appropriate to misrepresent your subject and radically change what they said? And I think the answer to that for me is that that is not ethical. Um, and, mm -hmm. and so uh, I, it wouldn't pass that test for me. Now, if we move on to the second part of our conversation, which is like, okay, the difference between documentary filmmaking, journalism, uh, propaganda, etc. Um, it's really difficult for me to say, because, I, you know, documentary, again, is not about the factual representation of things just in, in, to, in their pure factual form. But no, you likely no, no. would be going against... The, the As a documentary filmmaker, you probably are still even transgressing there, because... The idea is not to misrepresent, like that's, I don't, you know, that's just a very interesting question. I, I, I think, I think to me it's, it's, and I think that an interesting aspect to look at is the, like a lot of Netflix documentaries that have come out, you know, a lot of their crime ones, especially. Right, all this true crime stuff, it's there's, everywhere, there's, yeah. There's a, to me, um, it's not necessarily like I, I, of course, point of view and and again, there's this inherent bias, and as we said, you should have a bias. So if you're choosing elements to include into your into well, you of, always of the cut of your interview, you always are that that yeah that support your point. Then of course, my point more is that if you are, but I don't consider those documentary intentionally misrep. Oh no I no, but I mean, if you are intentionally misrepresenting something that someone said to the point that that it is the antithesis of what they're right. they were saying then you are no longer you're no longer bending the truth to your perspective you are now faking it and okay. to any to me fakery of that and i don't mean just fakery as in like getting a stock footage shot of we have or, to be or, really or, or yeah, we have to be very does. specific with our when language when i say when i say yeah yeah when i say faking it i don't mean herzog you know getting someone to do something again and pretend that it is their first time saying it that's, right. that's fine well what about um, if when i, I say what, faking I, it i mean I mean, I mean, faking it as in you are you are lying essentially. You okay. know, you are you may yeah. not be lying with words, but to the audience, you are now now, you are now explicitly lie? lying to them. Let's explore it though. How is that lie different than Herzog's lie, where he writes a quote and says this is from Pascal, and he puts it in the film, 
and it says Pascal, but he wrote it. Yeah. And it's not, those are two lies, but how I think are it's they again, different? I think it's the context. How are they different? I think it's the, Herzog's use of that is mm-hmm. not to, to um, mischaracterize Pascal in a way that, that supports his point of view to a, to a degree that would be, you know, propagandistic. Okay. Whereas me going out and, it, or, you know, as another example, me getting a quote from a politician and taking that out of a huge sentence, which is something that people do. Sure. It's, I mean, it's again, it's this, it's to me, a, to go back to the newspaper analogy, um, it's like looking at tabloids versus, you know, headlines. Headlines over recent times have started to skew very much in the direction of tabloids. And I consider my, to me, I consider tabloids to be a form of propaganda Mm -hmm. because they are very much about sensationalism. They're very rarely true at all. Like they're very rarely even based on any truth at all. They're about making things up and selling them for sensationalism and for, if anything, you know, the extremification of people's beliefs and sowing divisions so that they can make more profit off of that division. Right. Um, So, so to me, it's, again, it becomes that difference between, um, you know, a personal point of view of me in a documentary getting a quote from somebody and, you know, perhaps shifting that quote into a, a degree that, that would make that appear that they were agreeing with me more than they were well, um, I mean, I versus somebody disagreeing with me and then me twisting that into them agreeing with me, if that makes sense. I, I think motive um, is important, right? So let's yeah, look at it from yeah. that perspective. Let's take some of these examples we've just been talking about. So Herzog's motive for making up a quote and then attributing it to Pascal. Um, and I can speak a little bit to this because he, Herzog literally speaks to this. Like he actually, yes, yeah, you know, so I'm not yeah. putting words, although I'm paraphrasing him, I'm not putting words in his mouth. He did that because he was trying to, his motive, his goal was to illuminate this, what he saw as a deeper truth uh, about his, in his film. And, mm-hmm. and so his goal was that he, you know, that was his motive. It wasn't to to um, to bring harm to Pascal's image. It wasn't to you know any it, you know to hurt anybody. It wasn't because he had some particular or specific political agenda or anything else. It was yeah, he was yeah. trying. He was utilizing it as a type of poetry, okay, to elicit a deeper gravity and emotional response in his film. Now. If you so so I think motive is really important here and and that's yeah, why these totally. lessons yeah. are so connected right because you can see how your ethics is involved in all of these decisions um yeah and and yeah. they can get very complicated and nuanced and difficult fast which we're illustrating here over, over the past 10 15 minutes in this podcast um but if you're but but let's say so there's lie a and your motive is to illuminate and to elicit an emotional response um and then your example where you are mischaracterizing the total overall intent of an interview's uh, words. And in your case, it would be to do so in a very negative way because you're 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 making it look like somebody has uh, admitted guilt versus mm-hmm. versus yeah. professing innocence. So you've so materially changed it. And it's clearly in a way that could be detrimental to that person. And, you know, I don't know what motive could exist that would overweigh that result. So and I I think, too, there's there's no you know, these are very clear cut examples. And that's why they're examples, because they're made up. Um, There's no and I think you would agree with me that there's no and that's kind of why at the beginning I said that there's no hard stops. There are ways to distinguish these three things, journalism, propaganda and documentary. But uh, oftentimes people can use the fact that there is blurry lines to their advantage. And that's how they can get away with presenting a documentary film or sorry, presenting propaganda as a documentary film or presenting propaganda as journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can you can really take advantage of, you know, you don't know. Let's say that um, the the person in that example that professed their innocence is black and i am somebody who has deep racial uh undertones to all of my work that's not you know of course i'm not right just for i understand <laughs> just for clarification in case someone takes any of this out of context but which is your, exactly mo- what we're your motive right is now is a but racially let's say that you know yeah. the director there is yeah racially charged it's it's a it's a motive to stir up hatred right. towards a certain race yeah. um 
that then, again, that's where it leans into propaganda. And that's where you then go back and you look at um, things like Triumph of the Will, things like Soviet propaganda, things like fascist propaganda from Italy. And it becomes so, like, you kind of look at it and you go, okay, these things are very clear because of the style that they're made in the well in the, the historical context their, their has movies. made them yeah. clear there's we consume um, a lot of propaganda today that, that yeah, is that, just that, as clearly made but is less considered propaganda because we don't have because the, of the, the distance yeah, of history of media right mm -hmm. um so so i think that that's where it becomes like so what to me despite the fact that that might be in a completely documentary again doing air quotes um setting mm -hmm. and the, a documentary context um that to me instantly turns it to propaganda because now you are no longer looking at this idea of, you know, let's again go back to this, this facts don't make truth. You're still looking for truth. You know, I'm not looking for personal truth. I'm looking for truth about human nature. I'm looking for things that are fundamentally true um, that, or that I may believe to be true to the to purest extent of, of my being, things that I believe are true. <laughs> mm hmm as soon as you get into this line of things that you know aren't true, but you are presenting them as truth, that's when it becomes propaganda to me. Well, um, it's, don't it, forget, it though, that, I mean, and again, it can not be blurred, to, not it can to, be very, just very to play, hazy. Just to play devil's advocate, but, you know, of course, people could believe with all their heart and soul in something that uh, that something is true when it, in fact, is not. And so this is mm -hmm. where, again, I, and it's so... It gets back to motives. Well, it's, it gets, uh, but even, you know, people can feel like they have right uh a a positive motive and of course it it not be but this is but look it, the point is not that we're never going to uh be able to present this in this perfectly defined way for an audience i think no. the point yeah. is more you know as we discuss these things that a it's great to discuss because it, it helps refine your own boundaries and your own guidelines mm -hmm. for for yourself it also helps you as a as an audience to understand what type of content you're seeing as a filmmaker keep an eye out for those things as yeah. a filmmaker to hopefully move toward or, or move away from propaganda and move toward a motive of an illumination uh utilizing aesthetic awe um and you know for me truth is a very challenging word and i think we've illustrated that it is for everybody actually and it's yeah. and we can say yeah. absolute truth you can say big truth you can use capital t truth you can but none of these things actually define it really any further you know we're never going to be able to fully define it um for me it's about an aesthetic truth some kind of and i i can't say it any differently it's not about some kind of literal truth like there's a grass in my front yard and that does yes there is but that is not a truth that's a but then fact. it becomes and then it you know you could make a documentary but, but the truth you know, of, i could ask you why is the grass but if up i there? go what, outside what but my point have, is that yeah. if i go outside and i stand in it and i feel it on my bare feet and and i close my eyes or i lay down in it and I am moved deeply by the experience of being with it. That's mm -hmm. the truth that I'm that I'm looking for as a documentary filmmaker. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know another way to describe it. And everybody will have their own. But the point is not that you accept ours or or even that you have have one and only uh, definition for yourself and it stays that way forever. It, it's a constantly evolving, a constantly uh, I'm constantly redefining mine and trying to better understand my relationship to it. And I mean, hell, mm -hmm. it, it's something that I, you know, in kind of a medicines, it's what I'm exploring with my film. What is truth? What is your truth? What is the truth? What is, you know, uh, none of us have a monopoly there? on it. And yeah. Helen and I don't yeah. know any more about it than you do, likely. But we're just here talking about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that's the thing. It's all conjecture. Um and that's why, it, but I think that that's exactly why it's important to kind of understand that and to have that uh, kind of those glasses on when, well, you, to be when thinking. you consume anything. It's important to be, th um, it's to be to thinking. Be, yeah, you're, it's a, analyzing and you're yeah. never going to come to, a, you know, and it's like you could interpret, you know, the way Herzog presents it here. I would be so interested if you asked 10 different people, 100 different people, what their, you know, understanding was of what he was talking about uh, at the end of these two lessons that we've covered today. I think you're going to get 100 different answers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody is. You also probably will find people who find 
into the abyss exploitative and you know what uh, or or grizzly man you absolutely know? And it's like that's exactly and yeah. and you could even make you know grizzly bear i think you could or grizzly man sorry you could uh you could i think there's quite a few people probably you could find that would consider mm-hmm. some of that exploitive so look yeah. you know audience every every person in an audience is gonna see things through their own you know it we all see things through our own kind of prism and lens of our own experience and um and all of our experiences are a little bit different so mm-hmm. uh and, and that's one of the this again this is like one of the extraordinary challenges and the extraordinary gifts of art and filmmaking is that none of these things are cut and dry and you you could live a hundred lives and never get tired or bored of you know of 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 figuring out how you personally are going to handle all these different questions yep no i think that's there we uh, go great place (laughs) so hey yeah well hey you know what guys that was fun i mean sometimes this stuff is not cut and dry sometimes this stuff is kind of messy i really well that's why it's so important to interrogate these ideas it is kind of go through them and And and, i really enjoyed our conversation colin i think it's like and and it it, you know and sometimes it it, it gets a little messy and like you and i are trying to kind of sort out even our own thoughts as as we kind of walk through this you know uh are independently ourselves and you know kind of come together and it's it's all kind of this mismatch of and just as we as we wrap up too i I just like this is what i love about these these episodes is that this is more in depth than i've thought about these lessons and these ideas than i did when i was just watching them or even just kind of discussing them before Uh, well that's the idea exactly is that hopefully we're adding uh, a little bit yeah. of something to uh, those discussions, hopefully. And again, the idea is to like, I mean, I, like I've said this probably at the end of, you know, all of our episodes or at least the past few is that um, I love doing these podcasts because it gets me inspired. It gets me thinking. And yeah. um, and hopefully that's what they do for you out there listening. It, it's never to say this is the answer. It's, it's hopefully to say like, here's some ways to maybe think about it and maybe you know that'll inspire you to to think about it on your own a little bit more and to totally disagree with us or or whatever the case may be so all right well let's see as we wrap up here i can't believe it dude we are almost done we have almost yeah. covered every single lesson in herzog's master class the, the next few are are quite um different hey, like quite different well, we're gonna jump all about career strategy career strategy and, yeah. so this is something that we've really i don't think touched on or at least at least very little so far so you, right next week lesson 24 career strategy uh i think which is great because we're both right in the middle we're both right in the middle so uh and, and then lesson 25 will be life as a filmmaker and then we are mm-hmm. basically done totally amazing so yeah. i look forward to that uh but cullen uh, thank you so much, dude, for your willingness to kind of yeah, to kind of jump in here and kind of wrestle with some of these larger, challenging ideas. I really enjoyed it, and uh, hopefully everybody out there did as well. So until mm-hmm. next time, yeah. See you guys. <laughs>